Okay, I'm pretty sure there are three quote-unquote legalized forms of money laundering hiding in plain sight right before our very eyes on Main Street, USA today. You've got gourmet popcorn shops, olive oil bars, and nail salons. Now, how in the hell does a store selling prosciutto-flavored popcorn bring in enough income to merit a storefront in the most expensive retail districts in town? And when is the last time you had a sudden hankering for a walnut and rosemary-infused olive oil so you ran down to your local boutique olive oil bar? You know the one sandwiched between Louis Vuitton and Cartier? It seems odd, right? And then there's nail salons. What in the cornbread hell is going on there? Good grief. There are literally more nail salons than there are grocery stores in America. I'm not kidding. It's true. More on that later in this episode. Before we dive into that, before we get Tippy Hedron involved, let's talk about money laundering for a moment. I have always been fascinated with money laundering. I don't know why. I, I do want to make it clear that I don't launder money. But how it works, why it works, why people do it, the whole endeavor just sounds, I don't know, it, to be honest, it sounds fun. Uh, but it's also highly illegal. So do not launder money. I mean, if you have legitimately earned cash that you want to put in the washing machine with your socks, be my guest. But that is about as far as you should take in laundering cash. But recent TV shows like Breaking Bad and Ozark, they've detailed and really glamorized two of the most popular ways money is laundered. Um, money laundering is almost a character in those two shows, right? So let's take a look. By the way, did you know that $1 million worth of $100 bills weighs 22 pounds? So you stack up $100 bills, you got a million dollars worth, weighs 22 pounds. And there's even a company that makes a duffel bag called the Holly, and it's specifically designed to carry $1 million worth of $100 bills. And it's like a backpack, and you pick it up, and it'll weigh 22 pounds. So one method of money laundering is taking a high-cash business, like a Walter White car wash in Breaking Bad, or bars, laundry mats, landscaping businesses, things like that. And then you infuse your dirty money that you want to launder into the business, but the dirty money is pushed through the business and comes out as clean money that the owner can show as legitimate business income and profit. Boom. You pay your taxes on the earnings, and then you start spending that money without fear of being asked where it came from, right? Now, Growing up, my dad, he ran a one-man CPA shop in Irving, Texas. It was literally small-town accounting. He ran the books for a local funeral home, auto shops, a few medical businesses, a printing company, things like that. And one day, a guy called from a local driving range and wanted help with his taxes. Now, if you were around Irving, Texas in the 80s, you'll know the one I'm talking about. It's out on 183. It was under the big David McDavid billboard as you head out toward DFW Airport. 
And this was one of those really shitty driving ranges. It's half dirt, half weeds, uh, really cheap AstroTurf mats that you hit your balls off of. You've got the old beat up range balls that have been walloped to within an inch of their lives. I highly doubt any of them are really round. I mean, I don't know how you would tell if you're hooking or slicing when you're hitting a ball that's not round. It's all beat up and lopsided, but yeah, that's what we had out there. It, this was definitely not top golf, that's for sure. More like donkey golf. Um, so this guy comes in with his books, and and um, my dad said this dude's shit was whack. Um, my dad started looking over his income statements, and he asked the guy, how much do you charge at your range for a bucket of balls? And the guy told him a, a small bucket of balls was $2.50, and then you could buy a large bucket of balls for $4. Now, you remember those old uh, Texas Instruments uh, business cal- calculators, the the TI, uh, I think it was the BA, the business analyst calculator. My dad was like a whiz on those things, man. Um, he could figure out anything at the drop of a hat. And so he pulls out his little uh, TI business calculator and starts running the numbers. And it turns out this guy would have to run 24-7, 365 at 100% capacity to justify even 15% of the income he was reporting. Like there was no way this little driving range was taking in that much cash from people wanting to hit out-of-round golf balls off the dirt into a field lined with mesquite trees bordering a mosquito bog. So my dad told him that he couldn't work for him and sent him on his way. And, And then my dad came home and told me about money laundering and how it worked and what this guy was doing. Uh, probably selling cocaine back then. Hey, it was the eighties. It's probably what was going on, but he was trying to launder cash through his, uh, driving range business. And he was wanting a CPA to sign off on his taxes to give them an air of legitimacy. Of course. Now, another way to clean money, casinos like in Ozark. Now, how does that work? Well, even if you don't own a casino like Wendy and Marty do, uh, you can still use one to launder money. Let's say uh, me and my wife walk into a casino and we've got two crisp $100 bills. Ill-gotten gains that we want to clean. Hey, baby, we are high rollers here. We're ballers. We got $200 that we need to clean, right? So I take a $100 bill. She takes a $100 bill. And we each go to the cage and we buy a $100 casino chip. And then we walk over to the roulette table with a plan. I bet black. She bets red, they spin the wheel. The ball hits red, I lose, she wins. So she goes back to the cage with $200 worth of chips and cashes out and asks for a check. We take the check to our bank and we deposit it. So we went into the casino with $200 in dirty money and we left the casino with $200 in clean money by way of a check from a well-known gaming corporation, right? Scale this up. Use a crew of fake gamblers, work multiple casinos, and you can wash a lot of money really quickly. You just have to bet on games like roulette or baccarat that only have two possible outcomes. And yes, before someone starts chirping, I do know there are two green numbers on the roulette wheel, the zero and the double zero. Those are uh, the two house numbers uh, that give the house edge against betting black and red and Well, that's the cost of doing business if you're going to launder money this way. You'll hit green a few times along the way, but who said crime never pays, right? 
Okay, so that is the laundering aspect. Now let's look at nail salons and the proliferation thereof. What in the hell is going on? Why do we need so many? I can't drive five minutes in my town without passing three nail salons. A few years ago, we were in Dallas for my nephew's wedding. We were uh, down in the Turtle Creek area, downtown Dallas area, and we needed to get up to Frisco where we were staying. So instead of hopping on the highway and driving north, we decided to take Preston Road the entire way. It's like a, you know, a, a four-lane road with traffic lights through neighborhoods. You'll pass uh, Jerry Jones' house, Mark Cuban's house, and, and you'll start heading north up the roads there. Literally like an hour worth of driving and maybe more. And I'm not kidding. We started noticing this. At every traffic light, there were four nail salons, one on each corner, the entire way often with a salon or two sprinkled into the strip malls that were in between the traffic lights as well. I mean, they were everywhere, everywhere. So, like any man on the move, I did some research. How did this nail spa phenomenon begin? First, you know what I'm drinking here. A little sip of Topo Chico. This show does not have sponsors. Topo Chico is not a sponsor. My views do not represent the views of Topo Chico, and I hardly doubt Topo Chico represents my views as well. Okay. In the twisted annals of American nail spa culture, there is one enigmatic figure that looms large, hidden in the shadows as a Hitchcockian heroine. Her name is Tippi Hedren. She alone is the catalyst for the glittering revolution that birthed the nail spa phenomenon. Now, when I think Tippi Hedren, I think of the movie The Birds. Now, there's some young folks out there that have not seen The Birds. They may not have seen any Hitchcock movies for that matter, but I'm going to recommend homework over the weekend here. Go and find The Birds and watch The Birds. It is a fantastic movie. So when I think Tippi Hedren, I think the birds, and I think about those scenes with her and uh, Suzanne Plachette, (laughs) those two were mesmerizing for a young Texas alpha male watching this movie at 1 a.m. and then later dreaming about their slumber party. I'm flying way off track here, though. Evidently, Hitchcock was dreaming about those scenes, too, but he was acting upon his carnal desires, I guess back in those days. Old Alfred used to like dressing up in drag and getting handsy with his leading ladies, Tippy being one of them. So after she finished shooting the birds, she uh, needed a retreat. She fled the bird-infested cages of Hollywood and sought solace in a place far removed from the glitz and the glamour. She went to a small Vietnamese refugee camp up in the northern California mountains. And there she stayed with a group of Vietnamese women who had fled their war-torn homeland after the war. On this retreat, Tippi was struck by the meticulous beauty rituals that these women practice, and particularly their intricate art of nail care. Witnessing their craftsmanship and their attention to detail, she could see their future laying out right before her eyes. 
So long story short, when she ended her sabbatical, she brought some of the ladies back to Hollywood and she set them up with a nail salon business and she had her own personal manicurist from Hollywood, a woman named Dusty Coots, train these Vietnamese women to do nails in Hollywood. And the the business was an instant hit among her jet-setting Hollywood actress friends. Little did she know that this act of kindness would reverberate across the nation, sparking an unexpected and astonishingly lucrative $8 billion per year industry. $8 billion per year. The nail salon revolution had begun. In the decades that followed, these nail salons spread like wildfire across the land, morphing into a cultural phenomenon. And even today, a vast majority of nail salons and nail spas are owned by Vietnamese. Tippy Hedren, their unknowing godmother. But there are just too damn many. What is up? The sheer number of these nail spas and nail salons, it raises my eyebrows. For me, I detect criminal enterprise in plain sight. Beneath the veneer of this innocuous pampering, is there a sinister plot? The manicure menu seems to be a cryptic code of clandestine communication. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. The menu conceals more than just nail color names with names like bankroll and pole dancing. Do these exotic nail services, priced exorbitantly high and often paid for with cash, serve as an intricate money laundering scheme funneling ill-gotten gains under layers of deceitful transactions? These rows of plush chairs, the intoxicating aromas of acetone and fragrant lotions, and the hushed whispers of the indulgent patrons. This is the stage for a theater of crime, my friends, where manicured hands orchestrate a dance of deception, their nail polish concealing a far darker hue. Behind the facade of files and polish may well lie a hidden empire of illicit transactions, laundered cash and nefarious dealings. The owners, lacquer kingpins as they are, with smiles as deceiving as the glittering nail art they offer. Now, I don't know, I could be wrong, but you can follow chapters and chapters worth of news stories and see some of the unsavory schemes for yourself with a simple trip into an internet search engine. You'll find schemes that move far beyond money laundering into human trafficking and fronts for illegal immigration as well. Be not blind. Women on the move, we need you here. Please report back and fill us in on the goings-on behind the secrecy of those blacked-out windows in the glow of those neon signs. And the next time I'm at a busy intersection and I see four nail spas, one on each corner, hey, my suspicions will rise. I want to see those books. I want to count those chairs. Let me see how many employees you have working in this joint. I want to see receipts, papers, deposit slips, and go ahead and open up that safe in the back room while you're at it. I smell something funny. Funnier than the aromas that will blast your nostrils wide open when you open the door into one of these modern day opium dens. Am I alone here? I don't think so. That olive oil racket? Hey, it's no wonder the Corleone family started off importing olive oil. I've seen that movie. 
dozens of times. And Orville Redenbacher, that greasy, mendacious bastard, he sure looks like one shifty son of a bitch to me. No telling what he is up to. Okay, that's going to wrap us up on money laundering, a trip down Main Street, and what may be going on in these businesses that make absolutely no sense. Next week, everybody's prepping for 2024 and the ultimate and ubiquitous New Year's resolutions, right? You want to lose weight? Well, I can't help you there. Biozempic stock. You want to start working out more? Well, buy Lululemon stock. You want to get control of your finances? I can probably help you there. Do you worry about money? Are you afraid you're not doing money right? Maybe you just want to revisit your economic situation with fresh eyes. Well, tune in next week as we look at a process that I've created and that I call Method Money Management. It's going to walk you through top-down how to handle your money and what to do with your money. We'll take a look at everything from your day-to-day spending to your savings to your long-term investing and then what to do when you have unexpected money come in beyond your typical paychecks. There's a method to that and we'll lay it out in the next episode. We'll probably stay on weekly episodes through the end of the year and then once we hit around Christmas time and into 2024 the man on the move will go to every other Tuesday so just a heads up there please be sure you're listening on Apple Podcasts if you can and if you will give us a rating and a review there we are still we still sit at five stars on Apple Podcasts literally the only five star podcast I can find on Apple Podcasts so thank you for that But hey, rate us five stars, tell a friend why you love it, rate us one star, and tell me why you hate it. Hit me. Tear me up. I'll link my email in the show notes, along with some links around the uh, nail spa phenomenon. As always, the music here is by Colehead. Check him out on Spotify. As always, thank you to Brooklyn Addison at Rhomboid Media for setting us up with the podcast. And remember, be thankful that you are getting out there to get on the move, stay on the move, get with the man on the move. We'll see you next week.